Welcome to the Bitcoin Zodiac, the podcast that explores the intersection of finance and astrology, where we use a combination of spirituality and logic to help us connect the dots in the market. Hosted by Corinne Florence and Claire Marinan, who both come from a diverse background, bringing with them a wealth of knowledge and experience in the realms of astrology, cryptocurrency, trading, philosophy, investment strategy, and of course, Bitcoin. In each episode, we explore the economics of the markets following the evolution of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies through each moon cycle and astrological transit. Join us on this journey as we explore the intersection of these two worlds that are often thought to be at odds with one another, finance and astrology. Whether you're a seasoned crypto investor, a day trader, or just starting to dip your toes into the world of Bitcoin and blockchain, the Bitcoin Zodiac is the podcast for you. So sit back, relax, and come and expand your consciousness with us as we explore the world of the financial markets through an astrological lens. Good morning. Good evening. Hi, good evening. Good morning. How are you feeling? I'm doing good. Doing really good. That's very happy to be out of Mercury retrograde fully. Finally. We can breathe. Exactly. And and actually out of Virgo season as well. (laughs) Libra season, I'm ready. I'm so ready. Not going to lie, coming towards the end of Virgo season, I did have a bit of a self-reflection. I was like, hmm, I need a little bit more order in my life. Oh, I'm like, enough, enough with the details, enough with the details. I'm ready to get into some balance, some truth, some justice. I love, um, I love some, I love Libra energy, actually. Yeah, yeah, it is a good time. And I like the... Because, you know, it, it sounds healthy. It feels healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. But I I mean, I had some interesting things like around closing the end of Mercury retrograde for sure. I definitely mm-hmm. had some stuff like that I haven't thought about for a really long time. Like kind of come to the surface just due to conversations that I was having with people and and stuff like that. So it felt like a very much a, a sort of release of those things. And um, so I thought that was really powerful. And that was like right at the end of Mercury retrograde. And then we had that new moon. So it was all, it was very much like the, the details, like getting into the details of sort of past events and past um, friendships, past relationships, all of that was kind of coming up into the surface. And so I thought it was actually like kind of a healthy processing of that and um, like a healthy release too. Wow, that sounds so beautiful. And, you know, that's that's exactly why we also use the planets to stop and be like, okay, what are the themes that this is bringing up for me? Let me use it and go through it, grow through it rather. Um, so claps to you. Well done for like acknowledging that, seeing it and working through it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes emotional, but like, you know, it's worth it because it's just so funny. And that is what the beauty of like understanding where the planets are at, because 
sometimes you can just be like, why is this coming up? Why am I thinking about this again? Why are we talking about this again? And it's like, oh, okay, closing off Mercury retrograde, no problems. Do you know what I'm saying? So it, it just gives you this like this backdrop and this understanding um, with which to process things that are coming up in your life. So yeah, it's a really interesting, really useful. Um, but Virgo season, I felt was pretty positive actually for me, which is it's usually tough for me because um, yeah, I I also have this um these challenges around being so detailed orientated. <laughs> I want to just burn through everything. So Virgo season feels so long for an impulsive Sagittarius. That's <laughs> hilarious. Just kind of like slowing everything down and like you will, you know, overanalyze everything. And it's like, oh, so painful for a Sagittarius. Oh my God. And we've also had Mercury in Virgo when the Mercury retrograde was yeah. in Virgo. So we're almost out of Mercury in Virgo. Yeah. Is it? on the 5th of October we're out so you're almost there I'm so proud of you <laughs> all, of, all of that communication detailed focus on detailed communication when it's like come on let's not smell we you know Sagis are usually just don't sweat the small stuff like let's just burn through it keep going be impulsive whereas that Virgo energy really like humbles us and it's like no we're going to get into the details the nitty-gritty so yeah. it's interesting. <laughs> that's that's so interesting. And I'm you're making like me think about like me now. And I'm like, wait a second, like, because I I have this crazy spontaneous Leo side of me, right? Mm -hmm. But then yeah. so my Mars is in Virgo. And I believe mm -hmm. we've mentioned that before. So sometimes attention to detail a little too much Corinne like I'd be a really great investor <laughs> but it's like the Leo side of me and that's like are we really gonna bother with that so yeah that's kind of perfect for Libra season a little bit of both and trying to balance it out and equal it out yeah it's interesting I mean this full moon also that we're kind of coming into is in Aries so the that Mars is also you know who, which is the ruling planet of Aries is also activated in this full moon yeah. so it's quite kind of like an interesting it's kind of an interesting mix because um my Mars is also in Virgo and um so that's why we get everything done Claire yeah it, it is it, it helps us get things done it helps us get things done for sure but I was reading um I really love Spirit Daughter and the workbooks that they put out and the I love I love all of the things that they do actually they they do a really great job of things and especially coming into a full moon I really like to because I try to make the most of the full moon energy but really I'm I'm not in the mood. I kind of like just want to sit in bed, have a glass of wine, watch, do you know what I mean? Like I, I really, whereas I really make a conscious effort to sort of like make the best of the full moon energy. And I find the best way to do that is actually to sort of, rather than, you know, obviously we, we read astrology so we can tend to, we build our own practices. But I think sort of in the times that I'm like not in the mood, 
to surrender to somebody else's practice is actually really beautiful. And the, the spirit daughter ones are, are really, really good. They have yoga, like yoga flow for the moons and things like that. So it's it's really nice to surrender to someone else's practice. And in their newsletter yesterday, they had um, they were talking about this Mars activation. So Mars shows you where your true passions lie and also can tell you what motivates you the most. So by knowing your Mars placement, you can understand sort of more deeply the areas that will be amplified during this full moon as well and what questions you need to ask yourself. So I thought it was interesting because um, Bitcoin's Mars is in Capricorn. So we're talking that hardworking, that diligent um, kind of energy. And so the question that Bitcoin should ask itself is, what is worth my powerful attention and energy? And for us, Mars in Virgo is, um, what could I do if I allowed myself? So I thought that, mm. that was cool. Interesting um, journal prompts for this this full moon. That is so cool. I'm looking forward on journaling on that. And of course, because my obsession, I wonder if is obsession part of Mars in Virgo because I'm sure. I'm sure there's some OCD vibes there. We both have. <laughs> there it is. Okay. So my obsession is with really looking at the the astrology around Bitcoin more than mine. Man, if I look at my astrology as much as that that I do of Bitcoin, I think I would know myself a lot more. So note taken, Corinne, to self, but looking at um at bitcoin you know what you just said about it's mars in capricorn and I, I i've already forgotten the word that you said specifically but kind of like what came to me was like this releasing of that almost and you know in, in a minute when we're going to start going through what this full moon really looks like for bitcoin i see a lot of that i see mm. a lot of the taking a step back and yeah yeah, it's very interesting I want to also bring it back to what you just said in general about Aries so actually by the way for all of our listeners happy full moon in Aries Um, yes (laughs) and Aries you know as it is ruled by Mars there is a lot of tension because it is the planet of war, aggression, separation. And I was talking to some of my students and they were telling me that even they felt like there's a lot of frustration out there. There is a lot of intensity happening. Just when you go and talk to your day-to-day people, um, not everybody, but it's just kind of like a general energy that they feel. And I was like, huh, I I felt that at the airports when I was coming because I just finished traveling, um, but I've yeah. kind of been tuned in my home ever since I needed to re-get grounded. So is that something that you have felt at all? You, you know what? It's very interesting that you say that because I wasn't even going to bring this up in this in this conversation. But I don't necessarily feel the tension for, for myself because 
um, there are a lot of things that like you and I do that sort of allow us to like release that tension in a way. Like we, we are very dedicated to understanding what's going on in the world, what's going on in the financial markets, how that will impact our lives. And that for me is it like allows me to dissipate some of that tension and sort of find that grounding and peace. But what I've noticed probably in the last month, especially completely different people around me, not connected at all, uh, dealing with anxiety issues, like quite serious anxiety issues. And the common theme for that is we don't know why, like we don't know why it's just, you know, it's just there. And I was like, okay, that's interesting because I've sort of, I've dealt with moments of that myself, like not consistently where I'm like, I, I have this, I can feel this anxiety, identify this anxiety in my body, but there's no intellectual, I can't intellectualize it. There's no reason for it. And so I think there is this kind of like deep knowing, and I know that you're going to get into this a little bit, um, of that there, there are, there's something really wrong. You know, there's, there's things that are really wrong in this world. And I think people are picking up on that tension, on that, um, yeah, on that kind of anxiety. And that's manifesting in these sort of anxiety disorders. Hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting that you're saying all of this. And yeah, you know, it's um, especially with this added to the full moon, because a full moon is a time of release and letting go and forgiveness. And Aries is so much about the I, right? Like Aries is it actually opposite to Libra. The axis is Aries, Libra. Aries is all about me. Libra is all about we. And Aries, you know, when I think about full moon Aries, forgiveness, but it's more so instead of forgiving others, I feel like it's so much about forgiving ourselves. Mm. During time. And so I, I wonder whether, you know, anxiety, frustration, yes, absolutely a lot of the things that are going on in the world, but when it even starts with self, because I believe that anxiety is overthinking about the future. Now, I'm not saying that's yeah. the only definition of it, but that's kind of how I see it. Anxiety is worries about the future. Depression is hanging on to the past. Now, I understand it goes deeper than that, of course, but, um, you know, this I, think it, this... I think it's lack of feeling of lack of control with regards to the future. I think um, a lot of anxiety manifests from those places. That's such great wording. And, and so, you know, I think that when we're here feeling all of this full moon Aries reflecting on self, um, it's about, okay, maybe past what it is that I need to forgive myself for and detaching to bringing the past into the future I don't know why that's like what kind of comes to me and I feel Mm -hmm. like I've been hearing of a lot of headaches and headaches so Aries is actually the sign that rules the head it rules the head the tongue and and so if anybody here is listening and maybe feeling some of these things, um, maybe this is a really great time for you to stop, journal, 
um, ask yourself, you know, really, what are the things that I need to let go of? What do I need to forgive? What do I need to release? Um, yeah, that's a, and this is how we work with the moons. By Absolutely. Doing yeah, the full the full moon will amplify the the that sense of tension as well, and so it really is that practice. You know, like I said at the beginning, is like you know, we kind of have a lot of practices that sort of support us through that because we we are looking at what the moon is doing and we're we're aware. Okay, these feelings of tension, um, you know, this fiery, impulsive, assertive energy of Aries that's going to be amplified over this um over this full moon so what are the practices are the physical practices yoga breath work meditation journaling as well because again i think that anxiety like you said is quite can be quite intellectualized and um a lot of the times when i've ever had moments that i'm really feeling that anxiety in my body it kind of can't be intellectualized it's actually just that feeling that's there and the best way to process it, that is lean into it and really feel that. And sometimes things will come up and go, okay, that's where that's coming from. But other times it's just about feeling the feeling. And a feeling actually only lasts for about 30 to 90 seconds if we feel it. But the problem is, is that we as human beings are so desperate to not feel the uncomfortable feelings that we deny it and push it down in our body, push it down in our body, try to control. And that's when it like lives in our body for a lot longer. So I think um, those kind of practices around this full moon will really support you. I love um, EFT tapping as well as a really powerful one. And um, yeah, so those will, those will help you release that tension. And also just being informed at this time. So staying on top of the news staying on top of what's going on like what's going on in the markets that's also going to give you the sense of stability and grounding that um otherwise you know it's, sometimes it then you feel sort of more of a sense of control because you know what's going on so things aren't going to blindside you in the same way that they would if you you just were not paying attention yes Absolutely. That's so important. I think we've spoken about it in one of our past episodes, just the importance of, you know, when, when we are aware and so that we feel um, informed, what's coming to my mind is, I think this is what I said on a past episode is the um, competence, confidence, consistency. And I always think about like the competence means that it comes from knowledge, from you understanding things. And so when you understand things, you're aware of them, it brings you confidence, right? And confidence is such a beautiful thing to have because I see it as a lot of like peace because you're like, yeah, like I'm confident in myself, in what's happening, in my preparation, um, and so just being knowledgeable and not yeah. getting sucked too much into all of the fake news. So yeah, where, yeah. where is that? Um, it kind of builds that sense of safety for yourself as well. And you can kind of, you, you have, and then you're able to have that sense of surrender that it's like, you know, okay, not everything is in my control, but I've done the best that I can. And it gives you that sense of safety um, 
you know, with with which to, to move through these kind of times. Yep. Yep, definitely. And so speaking of, let's start having a little bit of a look um, for, for Bitcoin. So from the last episode, when we had the new moon in Virgo, um, we did see price actually continue further, not further up than I expected. It just took a little bit longer to get there than I expected, honestly. Um, so we saw it reach um, it, uh, around 27,500 a couple of days after that new moon. And from there, it was just time for it to start heading on back down. So um, if you are here listening right now, full moon in Aries, you will probably see price have come down. I don't know if it's reached the 25K psychological level. Let's talk psychological levels yet. Um, but I do feel, and just looking at the full moon astrology and what's to come um, is not so great news, again, for, for Bitcoin. So the full moon in Aries is happening um, at 5.57 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 29th of September. Um, and this moon's really interesting because let's also remember Aries is the first uh, sign of the zodiac. It's the youngest. And so every time that we do have a moon in Aries, whether it be new moon or full moon, it's kind of like a, a nice little reset. But what I'm really seeing here for this full moon is that it's preparing the tone or setting the tone for October, which is not the prettiest month in general. So um, we have the eclipses coming up. Stay tuned for next episode when we're going to go more in depth in the eclipses and what's to come. We're already in eclipse season. Um, but we have a lot of other things happening, such as the US Pluto return once again, um, and some other bigger, interesting astro astrological events too. But this full moon is happening in the ninth house um, for Bitcoin, and it is actually conjunct the natal moon. So we're literally seeing the moon exactly in the position or yeah of, of the natal moon of Bitcoin. And this creates a lot of emotion. This is really where we can expect a lot of volatility. And with the ninth house being around foreign affairs, that is the theme or the area of the ninth house, this is where we could see more addition or removal of Bitcoin in specific countries. So we can continue to keep an eye out for that. Now, the moon is also square natal Mars. Okay. We've spoken already today a lot about Mars. Um, yeah. But this here is like a warning, a warning of being careful of not jumping into things too quickly. Um, you know, don't get too excited too quickly. And it's like, really start thinking about the consequences. You need to be cautious here. 
Um, and this is think about this stuff for Bitcoin right now. The full moon, of course, is opposite the sun, the sun we're seeing in the third house of Bitcoin. And so again, this has um, the third house is all means of communication. So this is like, hey, potential news coming out, maybe around that foreign affairs theme, but also, and, you know, as per a lot of the, the full moons, we do see um, signs of exhaustion, weakness. Uh, this one here also says a little bit of like sickness energy. Um, mm. And that is obviously a very clear representation of price coming down. Now, not only is the moon square the natal Mars, but so is the sun. And this here really goes to a lot of what we were talking about before, signs of conflict, frustration. And on top of that, with Mercury, that's in opposition to the natal Uranus of Bitcoin. That's like a just a recipe for disaster in terms of headaches, anxiety, nervousness, a lot of the things that we were talking about. So, you know, before when we were reflecting on us at a personal level, now imagine for Bitcoin. Imagine for Bitcoin feeling and going through all of these things too. And the other important aspects that I see around this full moon for Bitcoin is Venus opposition, the natal Neptune. And this is kind of like a reality check. This is kind of like Bitcoin being like, all right, I'm ready to see things for what they actually are. And I don't know if you remember, I think it was around, we would have already been recording the podcast, so maybe one of our earlier episodes in March. In March, the astrology said that there was a lot of, a lot of like unhealthiness in Bitcoin and back in March, you know, we had Bitcoin really at around that $20,000 psychological level. Um, and I remember analyzing that and being like, huh, I think Bitcoin needs to come back down because it's just not healthy. It's not having a healthy, sustainable growth. And now this is where I'm seeing this, especially it's coming out to me through the Venus opposition, natal Neptune, where it's like, okay reality check you know bitcoin's exhausted it's tired it wants to just come back down to reality and i'm seeing this happen here so that's not to say that straight away around this full moon we're gonna see bitcoin come back down to the twenty thousand dollars however this could be like the start it could be a little bit of a trigger for that to to happen and definitely yeah. but not least i see Mars trying also the natal Neptune. And this is where Bitcoin's like, all right, I'm, I don't want to be the leading role anymore. I want to take a step back. I'm ready to be behind the scenes. So I have mentioned majority of the, I call them the planets that the closer planets, the planets that affect more the things on the short term. Um, yeah. Because when we look at the outer planets and really that I was re-listening to the episode of last week, very, very similar. Not much has changed, you know, from when we look at the outer planets, 
Bitcoin's just really trying to find its place in the world. It's just trying to figure out where do I, where do I fit? And it looks like Bitcoin does have a bright future as long as it achieves its success, not at the expense of others, right? So um, again, long-term, of course, Bitcoin looks great, but just right now, he wants to take a little bit of a step back. Yeah, so looking looking at time to buy. Um, right, right. And it also really ties in with that question that I said at the beginning with Bitcoin's mm -hmm. Mars and Capricorn. What is worth my powerful attention and energy? Like that's mm -hmm. the question of this full moon for, for Bitcoin. And um, I think that, that that really ties in beautifully with what you're saying because I, you know, Bitcoin really has a very specific role. It was created for a very specific purpose. And um, so it, it's it's not meant to be like an everything blockchain. It, it really has its own very specific purpose. And it's, you know, its power really lies in its immutable monetary policy. And um, that really needs to be protected. And, um, you know, moving forward, that absolute scarcity that's being created with Bitcoin, you know, that's where its attention and energy goes. I, I think I've probably said it on different podcasts, but it's like, you know, whenever anyone talks about Bitcoin, it's always like, oh, the price in US dollars. And it's like, well, no, that's not the interesting thing about Bitcoin. That's not what its purpose was, is was or is for. It's not there to harvest you more US dollars. It has a very specific purpose. And I think that that's sort of what, um, what we're being sort of called to lean into, I think. And um, interesting that you said also in terms of, because with Aries, we also have this conflict and competition. Um, so this, this full moon, I think, really may intensify rivalries in the financial world, um, which really could affect the markets. So really be on the lookout for news um, related to regulatory changes, disputes within the cryptocurrency space as these can really affect um, Bitcoin's price, especially leading into these eclipses. Um, as we know, the eclipses really shine a spotlight, bring to the surface and clear out what needs to be cleared out for the next cycle. And so, um, yeah, I'm also seeing that kind of downward movement and um, really quite a clear out as well. So um, there are, you know, Aries is also known for innovation and leadership. So this, Full moon may also usher in opportunities for like advancements in financial technology, blockchain, crypto related products, uh, projects, sorry. So just keep an eye on those developments. But really, I think the key for this full moon is really risk management, diversification, staying informed and avoiding over trading. Um, mm. September has not been a great trading month at all. Um, very very mm. hectic price action in terms like the dollar has really kind of been on a tear and really not respected any levels so it's been very it's been a very difficult trading month this month and so I definitely wanted to bring that to the forefront I would never want to be one of these people that is always like you know only talks about the the wins you know there there mm. are months that are that are harder than others and September's not been a great month good time to go on holiday and not trade. <laughs> well called, Corinne. 
you know, yeah thank you universe for pushing uh, <laughs> me into that travel because guys for transparency when I'm traveling I I don't even look I there's no point in me even trying to trade my brains all over the place my emotions are all over the place I'm undisciplined like there's just no point so thank you universe yeah yeah so um yeah so really avoiding over trading and if it's just if it's just not happening for you if it's just not respecting those levels then you know not trading is also a position you know um so um it's it's worth noting that as well um yeah and i mean look we are in Libra season, we, we are, we, that sun has moved into Libra in Bitcoin's third house. So all means of communication and, you know, Libra is ruled by Venus. It's associated with balance, harmony, partnership, and aesthetics. So this Libra, Libra energy sort of emphasizes this fairness and equilibrium. So there may be increased attention to economic policies, um, trade agreements and issues related to fairness in the financial world. So maybe discussions about regulatory changes or legal matters that are affecting the financial markets. And we also sort of have had a glimpse of that already because um, I think the 1st of October, the UK is bringing in some um, regulations around the promotion of crypto projects. So the UK's Financial Conduct Authority has warned crypto businesses to comply with new financial promotion rules, but it says the majority of the firms are ignoring them. So only 24 out of the 150 firms have actually responded to a survey related to the new rules. And um, the new rules will take effect at the beginning of next month and will restrict how unauthorized crypto businesses can communicate financial promotions to UK customers. So we've yeah. already seen um, Bybit, which is a crypto exchange, have um, are withdrawing from the UK. Um, so they, uh, they have warned existing customers that by the 8th of October, they will no longer be able to add to positions, you know, deposit funds and things like that. They will be able to withdraw existing funds and close existing positions, but um, they won't be accepting more UK customers. And I think this is very interesting because with all of the talk about the regulation around crypto, that was one of the things that always stuck with me. Now, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an expert in fintech law. Mm -hmm. by any stretch of the imagination. But with all of the things that happen in terms of three arrows capital, Celsius, Luna, mm -hmm. FTX, all of these kind of things, and people were talking about we need clear regulations. The thing that always overshadowed that for me was surely there are already regulations that govern how any financial product can be marketed. Right. And why? why is no one you know, why, why isn't anyone, if you're so, you know, gung-ho on regulating, why aren't you even using the existing infrastructure that you already have to be able to manage? Because, I mean, you and I both know, Corinne, some of these projects had outrageous claims. My God. And, um, yeah. And we're very pro 
education over legislation here. I mean, that's our first port of call. That's how, you know, we can empower ourselves. Um, we don't have any control over legislation. We don't believe regulation is going to save you. But, it, you know, some of the claims that were being made by some of a lot of crypto projects were just ridiculous. So if you have that education, you can see straight away this is insanity. But, you know, I always was like, how, you know, how are people, how are they allowed to say these things? You know, blatant lies recorded. Um, you know, why, why are they not being prosecuted? So I thought that that was just an interesting regulation that's coming up you know the uk is sort of taking that first move to say hey we need to we need to look we need to regulate how these things are promoted that's that's part of the problem as well is is misinforming customers i think so yeah, yeah. that's definitely something that's showing itself with this this libra this libra season this libra energy that's coming that's coming to the forefront um coming through mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then we also have uh, Mars in Libra. So we've touched a little bit on our own on Bitcoin's natal Mars placement, but we also have um, Mars in Libra in the fourth house. So that's anything to do with the Earth. It's Bitcoin's fourth house, but it's anything to do with the Earth. So really, Bitcoin's connection to the Earth, how I, how I see it with, in terms of the fourth house is us. Like it's, uh, we're the connection to Bitcoin, to the earth. Um, you know, it's the people that, that use it, that, that are, that buy into the idea that is Bitcoin. So it's interesting that kind of brings together these like sort of quite interest, an interesting mix of energy because you have Mars, which is the planet of action, desire, and conflict transiting through the sign of Libra, um, which is more about balance, harmony, and diplomacy. So it usually, it happens for several weeks every two years. And so it's very, you know, Libra, Mars and Libra emphasizes this diplomacy, but a need for negotiation. So, um, yeah, we hope to see, you know, increased efforts in resolving conflicts, reaching agreements, you know, or addressing trade disputes. Um, so those kind of things maybe, you know, have those positive resolutions maybe have a stabilizing effect on the market. And there is this desire for balance. So um, it's an interesting blend of energy because Libra can have a tendency to bring this indecisiveness. So you could kind of step back and go, oh, it, you know, I don't know what to do. So I'm going to withdraw. Um, whereas this Mars energy doesn't allow that to be possible. Mars is finding an equilibrium through action. So it's it's rather than being in this decisive space, it's Mars seeks to find this equilibrium through action. Um, but it can, you know, it that indecisiveness can kind of bring some tension with Mars there because there's also this like tension and impatience. So um any delays it's sort of like decision making things like that so for yourself when you're looking at sort of things especially to do with bitcoin or crypto and things like that if you feel yourself in that indecisive space you can know that that's kind of that libra energy but with the mars and libra it's like okay well what is the action that i'm going to take to to bring equilibrium by withdrawing it's not going to bring me that balance so 
um yeah so that's something interesting as well let's, uh, let's expand on um inability or in indecisiveness mm -hmm. right um maybe we have a few politicians in the u.s that we should send this recording to <laughs> <laughs> Because for those that don't know. Well, it must be Gary Gensler's birthday since, isn't he a Libra? He is a Libra. Oh, happy birthday, Gary. Happy birthday, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Burns. Um, yeah. <laughs> so for those that don't know, as of the... 30th of September, that is going to be the last day of the U.S. financial year. And that means as of the 1st of October, they're stepping into a brand new financial year. Now, what happens is that if the government has not made decisions yet and signed off on where they're going to be allocating the money for the next financial year, if they don't sign it, the government shuts down. Now, this is not the first time, and I'm going to say it already, I think it's going to happen. Um, so it's not the first time that it will happen. The last time it happened was for the financial year 2018 to 2019. And it's happened other years before that um, because right now they just haven't made decisions. I don't think they've even come to writing up the bill, if I'm not mistaken. Like it hasn't even been written yet. Um, so what this means as of the 1st of October is that all non-essential government services will stop. And all essential government services will continue, but the workers won't get paid until everything is agreed upon and they go ahead and, and essentially reopen the U.S. government. So talk about indecision and moments of uncertainty and Again, coming back to moments of fear for some, because imagine if that's that's one of your jobs. And if anybody's listening, I, I send you so much love and strength during this time because, you know, imagine going to work knowing that or, or not knowing when you're going to get paid next. Um and if anything, thank you to all those workers that are in the essential services and that will continue to work um, because that's not easy, I'm sure. And so this is a difficult time. It sounds like families are, you know, not going to get their paychecks and going to have some difficulties during this time. Um, so, and, and, you know, that's, I'm looking here, Mars is, in Libra until at least the 12th of October. I um I hope that that isn't a sign of two weeks worth of the government being shut down. Uh, and it could take longer. I mean, we're going through this during eclipse season too. I think a yeah. lot. So um, needs That's to come light during this time. 
Absolutely. And that, I mean, that is a government shutdown. That is exactly, you can't be more Libra and Mars and Libra energy. You know, really, it's that, it's that tension. It's that indecision. And um, yeah, things need to be sorted out and need to move forward. There was even something in regards to um, crypto as well, where they are in a space of indecision and um, where the Republicans have put forward a bill around CBDCs that, you know, CBDC is a central bank digital currency. And they've put forward a bill to take that power, but essentially take that power out of the Federal Reserve Central Bank. And um, the issuance of a CBDC will have to be passed through Congress. So um, the, the power, basically removing that power and bringing it back to elected officials. Um, and then the other side, obviously, the Democrats are arguing that this, every other country in the world is, is really trialing a CBDC at the moment. And this will put America on the back foot, um, not having one, but I think, um, there is that balance. They, they, um, from what I read from the bill, they are wanting to make sure that the control of the issuance, the approval of the issuance of a CBDC, will remain with Congress and not with un the unelected officials at the Federal Reserve. So mm. again, there's that you know stagnation, that conflict. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how these things sort of play out. Right. And I mean, that sounds beautiful in, in theory, but we're not even going to get to the topic then of elections and past oh. election people's beliefs on that. So um, let's see. Let's see. <laughs> we're, um, we're not we're not there yet. We have a whole year next year. Oh, my God. You know, there's, it's, all, it's already getting dirty. You know, I saw with um, Robert Kennedy Jr. as the first presidential candidate, you know, since since the assassination of his father, which makes it even more profound that has been denied um, a federal security detail. Um, so he has to use his own campaign money to pay for his own security, which may actually play out better for him in the long run to have his own security. But you know, it's, all, it's already, yeah, it's already starting. It's already, it it's already gross, you know? Yeah, I um, I avoid that topic <laughs> with a lot of people. Um, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. It's, I'm, I'm interested to be in America during this revolutionary time. <laughs> and I'm really happy to not be in America during this revolutionary time. But, That's classic, um, like, Sag is going to be like, let me just stay out of it. Leo's like, get me in the drama. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is exactly how that's playing out. So, yeah, yeah. interesting. But also yeah. interesting to see how it will play out with the dollar. I mean, the dollar has been in a structural uptrend for a very long time, to be honest. And so, um, yeah. Did you want to hey, talk, yeah. talk a little bit about that? How these sort of yeah, things, because all of this kind of indecision would usually, you know, lead to weakness in the dollar. But we haven't seen that. It's only, um, it's only strengthened. And um, so, yeah, let's let's get into that.
Let's get into the astrology of the American dollar. Oh boy, it's just uh, it's just funny because without even getting into the astrology, you're like, well, that's manipulated. Like anybody just pull up a USD like chart and it is uh, it is being pushed in that direction for a reason. Now, I have started following the astrology as well of the US dollar. Um, so for those interested, um, the chart that I have for the US dollar is um, on the 4th of July, 1776 at 9 a.m. Washington, D.C. time. Um, so that is the natal chart. And I'm really looking at the moment for the the full moon, the full moon um, during, yeah, this time for the for the US dollar. And the full moon is happening in the eighth house, which is the house of death and rebirth and resources. But I'm seeing that the full moon is trine Uranus. And this feels like a lot of rebirth. Now, the rebirth um, does come with somewhat of like a bit of irritation. Um, also, some unexpected experiences, but in a positive sense, right? Now, the full moon is also square the natal Jupiter of the US dollar. And this is all about over-exaggeration, indulgence, and unexpected expenses as well. So the the full like, moon... Like $33 trillion of debt. <laughs> we'll Just see. a little unexpected we'll expense. Blew out, blew out my credit card, $33 trillion. <laughs> oh, my God. I wish I could do that. Oops. Oops. No. What the more I learn about the spiritual side of money, ladies and gentlemen, the more I realize I do not want to go anywhere near that kind of debt because it's just an energetic expense. It would it it weighs you down a lot. So imagine that now for the U.S. But um, yeah. So this the that's the full moon. Now other key aspects that are happening around this time is the sun trine Uranus as well and also square Jupiter. And this is such a representation of it wanting to stand out. Like the US dollar is receiving what is viewed as new opportunities and is ready to stand out and step in front of the crowd and be seen. However, there is this sense of it being fake and it overestimating its capabilities as well. So I thought that this was so interesting mm. showing up in the astrology of the US dollar when on the other hand, we had Bitcoin being like, I don't want to be lead role anymore. I want to take a step back. I want to be behind the scenes. Whereas the US dollar is like, let me have the stage. So that was a really interesting um very interesting right and mm -hmm. um and the other thing that we need to keep in mind it's 
it's for the US dollar, but we also see it on the USA natal chart is that the US is going through its Pluto return. Now, we had already the Pluto. So essentially, it's when Pluto is conjunct the natal Pluto of um, any anything, right? And we saw this already three times last year. I believe, I have them on my chart. I believe it was like in December. And then we had it in July as well as February of 2022. And now because Pluto is in retrograde, it's come back and hit it again. And I see it quite, I see it hitting really around the time of um, the 28th of October, which is the eclipse, the full mm. eclipse. So, I mean, this is a more outer planet. These things take time. Now, for those that don't know, a Pluto return um, is a very rare event because this happens roughly every 250 years. I believe it's 248.5 years if we need to be precise. And mm. I always link this up to when they say that an empire rises and falls within 250 years. Um, and, I, and I just relate that to Pluto. And so we're seeing it now with the, the US and obviously very connected to the US dollar. Um, so for this full moon specifically, again, it looks like prices going up um, for the US dollar, that is meaning it would push things such as Bitcoin down. Um, but in the long run, we're going to need to see what happens because when this fakeness, uh, you know, wears out and things are exposed and brought to the surface, where is the US dollar going to be then? So, mm. yeah, it's, it's interesting. It is so fascinating and it, it's very interesting to zoom out because, you know, we've sp spoken about this on previous podcasts that we, we just don't love the clickbaity headlines of like the dollar is dead and da, 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 da. I mean, where are these people right now? The dollar is clearly not dead. In fact, it's killing everything else. I mean, Corinne, have you looked at the Aussie dollar recently? Oh Oof. my God. I'm going to be Oof. so when I go You're, there I know I just thought about that you're going traveling there and it's like yeah and yeah. What, you know when I go to Japan I mean the, the yen is just in the gutter and the pound you know so we don't love those kind of clickbaity headlines but when you zoom back throughout history empires don't last forever mm -hmm. you know and there is a steady decline in my opinion of the U.S. empire the empire of the U.S. Um, there is um, uh, a sort of corrosion of the dominance of the dollar, you know, but rather than looking at that as another empire attempting to take over and, and beat the other empire, the difference is in our time is that every single country and actually every single person on this planet is irresponsibly exposed to the dollar. We, we are all irresponsibly exposed to the dollar and it's so interwoven with every other country um, that, you know, 
the unwinding of that is is not pretty and it's not straightforward and it's not um it's not overnight hopefully you know um we we don't want it to be overnight but i do believe that that is happening but it's it is at a very slow pace and there are a lot of different sort of influences and factors with that and i think what a lot of these other countries are doing rather than aiming to attack the dollar is they're they're actually de-risking from the dollar um and you have japan looks like it's still going to continue with its policies of um negative interest rates very loose monetary policy and um still being there and continuing its agreement with the US but um as i said in previous episodes how long will they be able to continue to do that they are starting to now get pressure within their own country this policy has served them as an exporter for quite some time because the keeping the 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 yen weak has meant there's been a great demand for their products but now the yen is at a point where it's so weak it's making it incredibly expensive for raw materials and a lot of their industry is suffering and they also have really insane inflation so it's a question mark of how long that they can continue to do that but at this point in time they seem to be continuing along that path um you know and yeah and in the meantime the dollar strengthens and as you were talking all i could think of is um brent johnson's dollar milkshake theory which is very interesting i won't go into too much detail if that interests you guys you can look it up his name is brent johnson and he has a lot of videos on it and he talks about you know that the dollar will will meet its demise at some point but i mean guys it, it could take another 100 years so like we you know it's not an imminent thing but as history dictates nothing lasts forever this too shall pass you know it that that is happening we are kind of on the wrong side of the bell curve in my opinion for for the us empire but his theory is that the dollar will actually be destroyed through its strength rather than through its weakness and i think that we are really seeing that play out and even the astrology is sort of showing that as well Mm, that's so interesting it's you more know, who is who is it going to take with it as well who is it right. yeah and all of its allies it's it's making me okay there's a few things going through my head one mm-hmm. a book that I want to read I have not read it yet I think I shared you the screenshot of it and it literally talks about the I'm going to have to find it and then start reading it and bring it back to you guys next week but it does talk about the future I think it was like 2100 and the the powering countries of the world and it did have listed US and Japan so I have to I have to find the book read it and then get back to you all on that one And now the other thing that's coming to me is when we zoom out even more and we look at the north node. And we spoke mm-hmm. about how we in July just this year we went into the north node in Aries. Again, here's Aries around this period mm-hmm. of time. And you know, in in the economy of the north node in Aries 
there is a lot of fake wealth being pumped into the market until we go up to what is going to be the North Node in Aquarius, um, beginning of, I believe, 2025 or mid-2025, or maybe it was 2026, around that time. And that's when we really see the crash. We really see, you know, what may be the next Great Depression. Um, That's not to say that I don't think we'll see a mini call it crash. I think that there's some black swan events coming up probably in the next six months or so. Um, but I think there is a lot of this fakeness that, um, I mean, we just saw it in the US dollar astrology. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, I think that's what we've been like, really since 2008, that is what we've been running on. And I think that the scary thing is, or not scary, that's that's not the right word to use, but the the reality is is that at that point we really switch from productivity being the driver of mm-hmm. of the markets of the economy of the world really and basically the driver w- then became global liquidity which is which is fake you know it's not it's not real it's not it doesn't align to sound economic principles and the thing that i'm really noticing as well in this time is that the incentives are not there for people to run real businesses because real businesses that produce real goods and services, they require energetic input. They require capital expenditure. They require human expenditure. Energetic input is required to produce something that is real and worthy. Whereas at this point in time, the incentives really are more for a global liquidity grab. So, you know, a, a, a business that is, you know, actually producing a real goods and good and services, real goods and services that the world needs is up against a software company that has very little capital expenditure that allows you to edit your photos to put on social media. And mm-hmm. so they're, they're both competing for that global liquidity. It's not aligning to how productive or how necessary that is. So when the incentives align like that, it pushes more and more people to start businesses in this sort of quote unquote fake realm. And But the world doesn't need any more apps to edit your photos on social media. Do you know what I mean? We need real goods and services. So as those businesses go out of business, you know, where where does that leave us as a society? I think it's kind of uncomfortable space to be in. And I think at some point, I don't know if we will live to see this. I think at some point we have to realign, realign to sound money. We have to realign to authentic um, economic principles because they're not just a marketing campaign. They're maths. And I think we have to bow the knee to that at some point, but I don't know when that will be. Yeah. Um, Maybe 2026. Oh, I mean, I'd, I'd love to live through that. I'd love mm-hmm. to live through this. I see it as a deprogramming of everyone and their understanding of what money actually is. 
I feel like we have been programmed and conditioned for probably centuries around what money what they want us money they what they want us to believe money is in comparison to what it actually is and how it actually benefits us but we might leave that more in-depth discussion for for another podcast episode (laughs) for sure for sure the coming back to the astrology something else that sort of stood out for me um this this full moon is also the pluto pluto jupiter conjunction and Mm. it's it's quite a rare but significant astrological aspect that can have really you know profound implications not just in the realm of finance but also in various aspects of society so we're talking about you know talking about that you know this kind of comes to the forefront as well and um this alignment can potentially bring about significant changes and transformations in the financial markets, including Bitcoin. So um, this conjunction is really known for its intensity and ability to magnify and transform the energies associated with Jupiter and Pluto. So Jupiter represents expansion, growth, optimism, and abundance. But don't get too excited because Pluto signifies deep transformation power struggles and hidden forces so pluto's influence tends to expose hidden issues and forces often leading to profound transformations so this conjunction in financial markets may experience significant structural changes and reforms so that was where that kind of news like with the republicans pushing back on the cbdc that sort of brought that to mind for me that sort of power struggle there um but expect some volatility it can really cause some extreme market swings not great for traders the combination Mm -hmm. of jupiter's expansive nature and pluto's intensity can really lead to extreme swings either way so you should be really prepared for both moments of like excitement and extreme fear um yeah yeah so it's both ends of the spectrum but really i think this focus to me what you know intuitively i'm leaning into with this conjunction is the power struggles and regulatory scrutiny so pluto is associated with power struggles and control so during this conjunction there's maybe increased regulatory scrutiny and efforts to gain control over financial markets, including crypto. So we are starting to see that, starting to see that, especially over the last year. And so really keep an eye on news related to regulatory changes and government actions, um, because they could significantly influence Bitcoin and the crypto space. The other side of this conjunction as well is a focus on wealth redistribution. So Jupiter represents abundance, but Pluto's transformative energy can also really bring issues related to wealth distribution to the forefront. So economic inequality, discussions about fair distribution of wealth may become more prominent and, um, you know, maybe even impacting financial policies and market sentiment. So interesting to keep an eye on those sorts of things. And you know, other people have different opinions, but, you know, I believe, you know, Bitcoin to just be a fairer system, a better system, 
And it's not about fairness in the sense of like mass me- mediocrity across the board. It's it's about creating a space for equal opportunity to empower the individual to, you know, contribute to the collective. I think we've got a little lost on the way in terms of distribution of wealth. We've looked at um you know, US capitalism, which is not free market capitalism, it's controlled by a central bank, which has created these um, inequalities and disparities. And we've sort of labeled all capitalism evil and bad. And so then pushed to the side of socialism, which really aims for equal outcome. So no matter what your input and your effort, your outcome will be the same as someone who doesn't put in any effort or, um, you know, contribute in any way so um i don't see that as like a a workable way forward um it doesn't make sense in terms of human nature and so it will be interesting to see how these things come to the fore whereas at this point in time you know again in my opinion you know our money is broken it's controlled by central banks it's manipulated by central banks and centralized government bodies and so this shift to um, an area where, you know, an asset, the only asset in history that can claim absolute scarcity, limited supply, immutable monetary policy creates this zone for a fairer distribution of wealth, in my opinion. So interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, that's going to be so interesting. So many themes that we're already seeing arise and that actually also brought to my attention before i forget Mm. pluto will be finally out of retrograde so pluto will go direct in capricorn on the 11th of october yeah and that's kind of exciting because for as long as we've known bitcoin until this year we've just had Pluto and Capricorn um, direct. (laughs) So I think this is, this is going to be the start of some sort of re-stability until, you know, we, we do see Pluto going back into Aquarius um, later in 2024 and Pluto in Aquarius. I mean, what we went through with Pluto and Aquarius, we just got a little preview this year. Mm. That looks really positive for bitcoin really positive for yeah it's going to be it's definitely i mean pluto has such a powerful transformative energy i think Mm -hmm. there's a couple of episodes back we did um we talked about a lot of the different times that you know um pluto was the previous times that pluto was in aquarius etc etc and it really has a powerful transformative energy so really recognizing that change is inevitable we can't be in control of everything just because everything has been one way for a really long time doesn't mean it's going to continue to be true and that way and I think the way that we can work with this transformative energy is like allow it to transform us like personally the way that we do things in the world allow it to transform us for the greater good and yeah. that can be really exciting. It can create tremendous new opportunities, as it always has in the past. It also, with any kind of change, it also, um, people can get really hurt in that process. And it can be really scary and destabilizing. 
But um, I think how how we work with that is that we, we lean into that change. We, we can't stop it. When you try and fight these kind of energies, it's just it just will bulldoze its way through your life. So don't do that. Um, yeah. But really sort of allow yourself space to be open to these transformations. How can you position yourself for these transformations? Um, you know, and and ride this exciting wave. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Yeah, remember that change is the only constant. Change yeah. is the only constant. So, you know, Claire used this word earlier and I feel like it's the perfect word for for this episode is learning to surrender, surrender to it. And that word I used to have so much resistance to and now I've found so much more bliss and peace in it. Um, surrendering to these energies is is beautiful because it really does allow it to allow us to transform and transform for the better and for a higher version of of us, and that means a higher version for humanity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Surrender to the seasons. That's that's what we're all about here you know, um, surrendering to, to powers that are greater than ours, you know, there, there, there are higher laws than our man-made laws. And, um, we are subject to those universal laws, you know, um, sometimes as human beings, we are so arrogant in, um, you know, in, in our, our dominance of the earth, but, um, we are all subject to God. We all bow the knee to God and these universal principles, universal laws. And um, so surrendering to them and and moving through them is is really the best way. Love it. Well, on that note, yes. I'd say happy full moon. Happy full moon. Peace, love, and Bitcoin. Peace, love, and Bitcoin. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Bitcoin Zodiac podcast. We hope you enjoyed our discussions about the evolution of Bitcoin viewed through the lens of financial astrology. This podcast does not offer financial advice, so please make sure you do your own research. And stay tuned for our next episode where we will continue to dive deeper and build off these perception-expanding topics. Remember, whatever your beliefs may be, we all have something to learn from each other. So stay curious, stay open-minded, and keep exploring the world of Bitcoin and astrology. As always, may the stars align in your favor and your crypto investments prosper. Until next time, peace, love, and Bitcoin.